Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Adam Motherly, Learning Development Manager at ISMI. How's it going, Adam? Uh, great, Ronan, thank you. Uh, how, how are you doing? Doing not too bad in, in the scenario we're living in. I'm trying to survive as, as we all are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's the name of the game at the moment. Yeah, it is. So tell us a bit about your background. Um, well, uh, well, I'm an Englishman living in Ireland. So I, 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 I grew up in the UK. I grew up in the south, uh, Sussex, near Brighton, near Gatwick, uh, that sort of area. Yeah. Um, and um, I was schooled there. I was at Husband Point College, which is a private school, sort of nestled in the the, the, the South Downs. Very, it was a, a beautiful location, beautiful campus. Um, I went to university at New Buckinghamshire University, which is in in Bucks, in very close to a, a lovely named village called Chalfont St Giles. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, my first job was uh, was in property funnily enough and I didn't see that one coming I sort of fell into it with a couple of guys that I played rugby with and 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 rugby was a key decision maker on that because um, I found that the property business gave me the flexibility to be able to play on a Saturday afternoon uh, but what it meant was that I'd had to have I'd had to I had to work two Sundays every month to make up for taking the afternoons off on the Saturday because yeah. we were open on the Saturday and the Sunday. So so that, that gave me the flexibility. So anyway, I sort of grew out of love of the uh, fell out of love with the property business and um, in fact I became a headhunter in London, central London. Um, sort of it, it was late nineties, um, uh, mid late nineties. Uh, and I worked there for just shy of six years. Um, and in that time, in that meantime, I'd, I'd, I'd met my now Irish, my then Irish girlfriend, my now my Irish wife, um, and she was at UCD. She was just finishing her PhD, and once she's, she'd finished that, she she didn't really want to move to London. And at that time, I didn't want to move to Dublin. Um, I, I had to inform her that I had actually put my name into the hat for a job in Sydney, yeah. in Australia. Um, and I thought, my goodness, what if she doesn't want to come with me? If I get the job, I better come clean. Um, so I said, uh, I said, look, I, I put my CV into the hat for, for this this job um, in, in based in Sydney, and she thankfully was delighted. And she said, well, let's hope you get it. So long story short, and about six interviews later, I actually I got the job, and we relocated to Sydney in the late nineties, and we stayed there for ten years. Yeah, uh, I had three three jobs in 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 Sydney. One started off as a recruiter. There, I was a headhunter in the technology division. There, quite a large organisation, about six hundred people. Um, and then I left there and I worked for SAP uh, in North Sydney for four or five years. Yeah, uh, in sales, uh, selling to the SME market, the Australian SME market. That was my first taste of of, of SME world yeah. um, and the challenges they face. Uh, and then the last of my final three or four years that I was there, I, I, I worked for a business consulting practice, um, funnily enough, specializing in business continuity planning, which, of course, is very important right now. Um, and, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, I had I had no uh, idea just how important it would be 10 years later, if you know what I mean. But um, it was a very interesting journey. We decided to move from Sydney. It was a bit of a wrench. We'd been there 10 years. We were very ensconced there we had very good friends 
we just found it was a long way away from home. Yeah. Um, and a couple of parents, both on both our sides, became ill. Uh, and you suddenly realise that you're a very, very long way away and you can't really help your other siblings out in, in shouldering the burden of, you know, of, of, and the chores and looking after um, parents, ailing parents and what have you. So we just, so we took the plunge. We didn't mind where we moved to. We didn't mind whether we were moving to Dublin or to or to the UK. It depended sort of where the job was. And uh, again, long story short, got an excellent job with Gartner. Um, yeah. You're probably familiar with that name, Ronan, am, yeah. uh, being in technology as technology circles. So I was with Gartner for for three years. But my starting day, I, I started on the first of September two thousand and eight, which was probably a pretty disastrous time to start a role. Yeah. Uh, in in sales and 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 business advisory, because obviously um, things turned to custard fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and we entered into a, a very big recession. And also, the, the, my my title was financial services manager, so I was looking after the banks from a research technology research and and career advisory perspective. So it was a very very tough time. I have to say Gartner were very, very good. They gave us very good training, uh, gave us every opportunity to succeed. Um, and I was there for, there for three years. I was lucky in, in as much that we hadn't really, the Irish, the, the Gartner office in Dublin hadn't really nurtured the insurance market. Uh, yeah. So there were opportunities there and insurance were less um, damaged by the recessions and the banks. So I had to sort of replace the banks with the insurance and, and what have you. So that, that was good fun. I enjoyed that. I, I then I left Gartner because I saw an opportunity with my recruitment background. I wanted to, I wanted to start my own recruitment business. Mm -hmm. um, again, it was quite an opportune moment because a lot of people, a lot of people were made, made redundant. They, they were let go because, you know, the business wasn't there. It, it, you know, it, it was a, Pretty pretty horrible recession, particularly in Ireland. Um, yep. And through through my contacts in Australia, New Zealand, and, and Asia Pacific, um, I was able to nurture some client a client base around overseas, and I was able to place um, people from the UK and from Ireland into jobs. Um, you know, short term, long term, uh, in those countries. So we made some interesting placements in in New Zealand. Uh, uh, across Australia, um, a couple in Japan as well, which was which which was fun. Um, so I, I ran that for about six years. What happened there was uh, it was a bit of a feast or famine existence. So you'd spend two or three months building up your your opportunities and, and closing them out, and you'd close those opportunities, and then you found because I was working on my own, you find that you'd have to then start from scratch in nurturing new opportunities. So it was feast and famine. It was great fun at the time. And then, but that's uh, it, so with regards L and D, learning and development. I sort of fell into that. Um, I was sort of, you know, I was working on my own. Um, I'm, I'm more of a team player rather than a sort of solo yeah. worker. Uh, and um, I uh, was told uh, <laughs> over a pint with my brother-in-law. He said, "Oh, you know, Skillnet Ireland are looking for a a, t a temporary, a six-month contract project manager." Um, you know, you should put your hat and then you should put your name in the in the hat there. So I did. Um, and again, long story short, I actually I got that that uh, I got that job with Skillnet Ireland. So I was 
as a, a project manager, project executive there, looking at their internal processes, doing business process improvement projects, etc. Um, and I was lucky enough to have my contract renewed twice more. So I was there for 18 months um, doing these projects and what have you. And it gave me a taste of the, the L&D world. And what a fantastic model the, the, the Skillnet Ireland um, has in distributing um you know, funds to, I think it's about 70 training networks now. Back then it was about 64. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been sort of early 2016 when I started there. And they've now got, I think there's, there's 70 training networks there. So they receive funds from <clears throat> the Department of Education and Skills who look after the National Training Fund. Um, and those funds are distributed via Skillnet Ireland being the vehicle of distribution to these, these training networks. And those funds are used to subsidise the training. And it, it's it's what I call Ireland's best known secret because you know there are two hundred and fifty thousand SMEs out there. Um, you know, it, it it would be great if it, all of them. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't happen. But if all of them engaged in training using that model yeah. of, of subsidising training. Um, but I I think sort of you know just just shy of I think this year we're, we're hoping for about twenty thousand companies to engage via the seventy. 17 training networks um and that is you know it's less than 10 percent of the number of smes yeah. uh, let alone large multinationals so that's why i call it sort of ireland's best known secret there's there these great supports available <clears throat> via, via these these training networks and i i happen to run one at isme as well so we've got the isme skillnet um so my contract finished at skillnet ireland i went off on holiday in august 2017 got back and started looking for work in earnest um, and I was starting to get a bit worried because no one really wanted no one wanted to have a look at me the recruiter sort of came and had a look and and, and the likes and what I did find was that uh, I was of an age I think you know where people you know I was in my late 40s and um, I, I think it was great if you it was a very good recruitment market at that time if you were 35 and under yeah but I think if you were sort of over 35 it was a bit of a struggle but anyway what 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 happened is uh um I, I, I was looking around saying well you know are any of the skill net networks looking for you know a manager um you know I understand the model I've been on the on the I've been on the the Skillnet Island side, I wonder if it's if, if there'd be an opportunity on the other side, which is actually running the, the, a network, which is a, a different skill altogether. But I had that sort of deep-rooted knowledge of the, the Skillnet model and what, what it entails, and I thought that has to be of value. So, you know, I, I, um, uh, I think that there was an, an opening at the ISME manager's office there and had a couple of interviews, two or three interviews there, and that's how I ended up as the L&D manager at, uh, at the Irish Small Medium, Small yeah. Medium Enterprise Association. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that was two years ago, yeah. um, nearly two and a half now. Um, my job is threefold. Um, one is running the skill net. Um, the second strand of my, my role is I run a business advisory um, um, service to our members as well, which are like business clinics for business owners and their managers, um, where they get to, to speak and meet with a keynote speaker or a business expert in something. And that's usually, now in our previous life, it was a, a two-hour breakfast business clinic. Um, 
addressing a certain topic that might be aligned with perhaps the recommendations of the OECD report uh, on Ireland, which came out at the tail end of October last yeah. year. Um, things like, you know, increasing productivity, addressing our lack of digitalization, adoptance, um, you know, the, the, the lack of take up of management development, those, you know, the very important things uh, for Irish businesses to adopt to remain sort of, you know, in, in competitive nationally and internationally, internationally. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's what, I, that's what I do now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting role. I'm involved in policy as well. So, um, I'm, uh, uh, I'm on the board of management for CEDIFOP in Europe, which is the, the European center, uh, of vocational training and excellence. Um, <clears throat> I'm on the National Training Fund Advisory uh, Steering Group. Yeah. Uh, I'm involved with a, a good number of the Department of Business's initiatives for SMEs. It makes sense, given my role, um, and I enjoy that very much as well. Um, and I'm a, 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 uh, I, I take part with the uh, – I'm a member of the Dublin Regional Skills Forum as well. Um, so um, the third strand of my role is um, we also run Erasmus and Horizon 2020 projects and we're a key business partner in, in, in four of those projects yeah. as well. Keeps me very busy. That's good. You so, talk it's a very Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on, Ron. You yeah, you spoke very barely about it, about uh, SkillsNet. Last year I interviewed CEO Paul uh, Paul Healy and it was very interesting. Yeah. Yes, um I, I would know Paul very well. In yeah. fact, uh, I think he's he started at SkillNet Ireland the week before I did. He was the chief executive. I was the project executive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> different roles, but no, I, I worked closely with Paul on a number of things, and um, he has demonstrated very, very good leadership in like since he started. But obviously, in recent weeks, in in, in what we've been able, what he's been able to offer to the to, to the Skillnet networks um, in addressing a, a very rapid decline in business that we've experienced. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so you know that that was an excellent response. Um, so we we had to apply for what we're calling an emergency, a C19 emergency fund, yeah. <clears throat> which we which we secured, um, and and that's that fund we are using to uh, build uh, with this continuous build. But uh, we've we've got a, a business web advisory webinar series going on at the moment um, through. Uh, on the ISME website, which is um, they're, they're about an hour to an hour and a half long webinars yeah. that um, are offering advice on what people should be doing right now, whether you're employed, temporarily unemployed, on the wage salary subsidy. Um, you know, there are things that we should be doing, not just sitting at home, you know, uh, uh, not doing anything. You know, you've got the skill set. You've got to, why not? Now's a great time to sharpen those skills. Our most popular over the last couple of weeks has been Excel for beginners and Excel for intermediates. Yeah. It's amazing how that, that, that has been very, we've had about 70, perhaps 80 people through, through the, the training there. And we're offering them free of charge using this emergency fund. So it just shows how agile the skill net model is to be able to address things yeah. very, very quickly. So, you know, we were talking Brexit two or three years ago. We're looking at customs. Um, you know, what are the changes to customs? You know, a fund was made available for that. Now we find ourselves in COVID-19 territory. There's a fund available for that. 
it, you know, it, it's 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 great that we can move quickly to address these these problems. And what, what what I saw six, you know, seven eight weeks ago, Ronan was yes. um, that the, there was a state of shock. You know, we didn't know what had hit us, and yeah. nothing really happened for the first week. People were sitting there going, "My God, what are we going to do?" And then the following week, there was a different mindset. It was like, "Well, we've got to do something." And then the following week, there's another mindset, which is let's start planning something. Let's yeah. throw some ideas around. And then the following week after that, it's like, well, let's try this. Let's start putting things in place. Let's start looking at new products. You know, do, do we have to pivot the business completely? Do we, do we have to do something different? You know, what are our current skill sets? Yeah. And what, what, are the, what are the skills that we're missing to do this new idea, this new this transformation of our business? Yeah. You know, and that's really good to see. Don't forget, we've, we've just come out of a, a nasty old recession where many had to trade through that. Yeah. And so it wasn't that long ago that we had to be entrepreneurial. It wasn't that long ago where we had to upskill, you know, learn, learn completely new skills, learn how to run a completely different business, survive in a very difficult recession. We're doing that now. Now it was put upon us very, very quickly yeah. and we've had to respond. But, we, you know, we can utilize those skills to be entrepreneurial. And we are seeing some great entrepreneurial ideas coming out, you know, so the, 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 the you know, office supply, uh, office furniture supply businesses, you know, what one guy has, has already, you know, got, um, is, is supplying, you know, e easy to set up home office equipment. And yeah. I've that seen sort of that. Thing. It's little things like that. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. You know, if you if you if you you know fitted kitchens uh, a few weeks ago, that's a highly skilled job. Yeah, those skills those skills can be utilised somewhere else. You know, it's it's recognising that. So these webinars that we're doing are giving people an idea of, of, of how to pivot, how to to you know be innovative in a, in a difficult time. Um, so the um, you know we we we're, we're focusing on you know if you if your business is is still ticking along albeit in a, in a slightly smaller version of it how how what what you should be doing from a marketing perspective um, you know a, a look at your digital optimization other things that you can do better there um, uh, a lady who's been on your podcast before Samantha Kelly is doing one for us which is how to create awesome content yeah it's a meaningful content you know um, we have um, a very well-known business speaker Peter Cosgrove is is doing one for us in a couple of weeks which is tips to fuel innovation innovation post-COVID-19 yeah so it's it's these things they, they're, they're sort of five steps to getting you started it's 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 keeping your mind positive it's keeping morale high and it's it's giving people ideas on on things to consider. So I, I think I think it's you know uh, we're not just the only sort of um, uh, business representative body doing these sort of things. You know there there are a lot of supports out there throughout Ireland. It's it which is very very encouraging, and it, they really are to like I say to, to keep morale, help people make courageous leadership decisions. You know if you're a business owner, you've got to, you've got to make courageous decisions now. And, and and that's never been more important. So that's we're trying to align our supports and keep in touch with that mindset that we keep seeing changing each week for the better. Yeah. So um, it's it's and and from what we have seen, it's it it is encouraging because you know I use my own example. 
we were very guilty of doing 80% classroom-based, 20% blended, 20% in, you know, on, online for our learning yeah. and, and our, our business courses. Okay. Well, now we have to be 100% um, online at the moment. You know, yeah. who knows when we're going to be allowed to go back into the classroom. We don't know that yet. But, I mean, it won't be far away. And, you know, as, 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 as humans, we crave collaboration and interaction anyway. So that will never go away. Yeah. But, you know, we've had to adopt a digital uh, strategy literally overnight. And it's forced us. So if there's a, a silver lining to the C19 cloud, uh, it's, it's forced me to digitalize our offering and to make it easily, our training more easily accessible easier to access for people who are based in Cork or based in Waterford or yeah. wherever, letter, letter Kenny, because, again, we were guilty of doing most of our training. 80%, again, of our training was Dublin-based, yeah. and we have members nationally. So now, now we can reach people properly um, through these, 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 you know, whether it's podcasts, whether it's a webinar, whether it's actually an online learning event, you know. So, so that's a good thing. It and is. I think for other businesses, yeah, it is good, you know, and I, I – you know, I mentioned the OECD report last year. There was an 11-point action, 11-point action plan for Irish SMEs. 11 points where we could improve. You know, and the again, if there's a silver lining to this cloud that we're in, it's making us address those recommendations. And they were productivity. It was digitalization. It was internationalization. And what I mean by internationalization was, you know, we rely too much. You know, the UK buy an awful lot of Irish stuff. Yeah, there was, you know, so if the UK are buying it, why, why, why aren't other European countries? So, you know, we we, uh, we had a very successful webinar last week for winning a tendering. That was more based at the domestic tendering uh, government tenders and what have you. But we're running one at the tail end of this month, which will be addressing sort of the market, you know, markets that are available to you and the, and and where to go to look at, it, at at the markets that would be best suited for your for your business, your yeah. product, your service. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're helping people think and giving them advice on where to go if they're considering doing this. And now's a great time to look at a new product. Now's a great time to look at new markets. You know, we, we've got time to, to learn about these things. And we're finding that the, the engagement with Irish SMEs in the last few weeks has been superb with this webinar series. So I, I, I think we're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm always open to people contacting me with with things that are different because there's a dearth of, of, of similar programs out there at the moment, as you can imagine. You know, yeah. remote working frameworks for your colleagues and all that sort of thing. There are loads of them out there, but there are unique ones that 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 that's uh, equally as important. So, I'm always happy to hear from people with with ideas um, because now's a good time to have these ideas. Yeah, and, it, and as you, uh, sorry, as you were saying earlier, businesses are changing the way you do things. I think once you get back to normal, yes. they might stick with that because it's 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 been it's been good for them. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, the, there are going to be changes to the way we work, and I think the, the Department of Business released their um, return to work policy um, over the weekend, um, and that's going to be a huge challenge. That that. That that should be addressed. That's an important one to 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 address for business owners and their staff. Um, but it's fairly similar to GDPR in 2018. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously very serious, you know. Um, uh, but there'll be a similar sort of 
demand on us to provide um, assistance to, to business to say, what, what should I be considering? So, you know, I was talking to a couple of guys in the automotive industry. They specialize in moving cars off forecourts. They're in sales and what have you. What does their, what does their sales um, uh, you know, sales office need to do? Do they have to have plastic uh, screens up? How do they show people a car? Can they just give the keys to the people to drive around themselves and trust them they're going to bring it back? You, yeah. know? Um, you know, things that perhaps you and I might not consider because we're not in that industry and you say, oh, I didn't think of that, you know, but it's it's those sort of things that, that businesses will need help with. Um, and I think the similarity to GDPR is that every, is that every business ha- is going to have to comply. Yeah. So there's guns to the head, there's a start, there's an end date. There's going to be an end date on that. So you must have your COVID-19 uh, documentation in, in place by a certain date. Um, we don't know what that date is at the moment, but people are going to have to take mandatory training. Um, but I don't think they'll know exactly where to start right now. Um, there's an overload of information. There are still no concise templates or example documentation for, for specific verticals. You yeah. know, um, And th- that's where we need to start thinking that. Um, so, GDPR was for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think to use a colleague's phrase, COVID nineteen is industry agnostic. Yeah. It doesn't pick and choose industry. It just picks whoever's you know, whoever's too near to the to the virus. Um, but uh, you know, there's um, it's it's the, the the Department of Business. The it's actually in, it's on their website. It's under publications. It's the Return to Work Safety Protocol, and people should have a look at that. But it's asking employers in consultation with the, the, the nominated worker re- representatives to develop and update a COVID-19 response plan. Yeah. But no, no one's got one to update because it's not in existence. So the challenge for SMEs will be to develop one of these. Um, and that's, you know, but they won't know where to start. So that, that's where, as a business representative body, that's where we, we will start to help in, in, in that sense. And I know my colleagues are already pulling together perhaps what a, a sample COVID-19 response plan looks like or a business continuity risk assessment document document. Yeah. Um, there'll be amendment, there'll be amendments to sick leave policy as well. Um, there'll be a pre return to work sample form will have to be signed. Yeah. And of course, then there's the induction training Now, the induction training could be quite simple. It could be, but it's just maybe a PowerPoint return to work. You have to do this. You sign there once you've done it. But what, what's the content? What needs to be in that PowerPoint presentation? I mean, we have a rough idea, but we, you know, we, we're really addressing this for the first time. Um, and it's just another sort of regulatory thing that SMEs will have to have in place. Should this, should, should COVID-19, you know, if it, you, I don't think we'll eradicate it 100%, no. but uh, it, it could spike back again. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but if someone, what's the response plan for someone who's developed the, the the symptoms, you know, they have to be, they have to know exactly yeah. what to do. So it's those things that we need to <clears throat> that we need to look at. So yeah. um, I think that 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 will need to be addressed um, ad- addressed uh, as a point of importance um, before we all return back. Yeah, and um, er- and earlier you were talking about the car industry. I interviewed a guy from a company called Sweep last month or two months ago that have an app like Tinder for cars. So if you're a car dealer, oh, right, yeah. you have all your cars available on this website, which you can view via the app, and it gives you photographs and videos of the car. 
So once someone's looked at a car, they can see everything about the car, video, and they can then narrow down the list of cars they want to see. So when someone wants to go and view a car from a dealer, that person is more or less more likely to buy it. Less time wasting, less yeah. chance of, of you spreading around any kind of COVID because you know who's coming and everything else. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, that's, again, that's a, a, a very good example of innovation. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think that's, uh, yeah, but I suppose, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the automotive, you know, particularly on the, you know, selling new or used yeah. cars, but, you know, you, yeah, you do have to test drive it. And yeah. What's that going to, what's that going to look like? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. You know, it, it, so I think yeah, the changes there, there there will be changes to the way we operate from, yeah. from previously, um, and you know what, you know we'll, we'll get back to some normality, but what what does that normality look like? We we, we don't know. Um, so yeah, the, the, the businesses adapting to COVID nineteen. Um, it's it's a difficult one to answer at the moment because we we haven't been here before, but. You know, I know as as I say, as a business representative body, it's something that we're looking at very, very keenly since the announcement, the Department of Business announcement over the weekend. Yeah, it reminds me of, of like no, after nine eleven, the way we flew changed. Like before, when you got on the plane, you didn't have to wait two hours before your flight to check in. You can carry anything on the plane within reason. Now it's all changed. If you're going to go to a meeting abroad, be there two hours before your flight takes off. I think with COVID, it's going to be the exact same. We're going to have to get used to new to, to new way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, I, I think I, I, um, my my general feeling um, about how Irish business people how, how people are feeling right now is, yeah, that it, it it is an absolute nuisance and it's a desperate bore, um, but. It gives us, if there's a, a, a silver lining to the cloud, it's, it's, it's making us become more entrepreneurial, innovative, address things that we hadn't addressed previously because we didn't have time to. Yeah. You know, if you had a viable business pre-COVID-19, why won't it be viable post-COVID-19? Yeah. You know, and I think it's the Irish government's responsibility that if there was a viable business a couple of months ago, it should be viable post covid 19 that's that's yeah. that's what it should be if it was viable business it was run well it was run by you know good people with good staff and they were they they were trading well you know uh, it's 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 uh, it's a responsibility to make sure that those people are are, are still in existence when we come out of this yeah cuz there's some businesses that I do know cannot reopen again like if you think of it rough up the pubs they're going to reopen but not the way we used to know them I totally agree. And are they going to be as much fun because of that? You know, yeah. we, we go to the pub because we were thinking friends, food, and a, a couple of pints, yeah. you know. But, you know, are, are we going to be sitting apart? Are we going to, you know, how many tables will be in this restaurant? You know, it might be 50 covers two months ago. Is it going to be 20 covers? Uh, is the ambiance going to be changed? Is it going to be sterile? It will be a sterile play. I, we don't know. Yeah. We don't. We just don't know. So w will it stop people going to pubs? I mean, we, we again. I'm talking innovation. You know, um, the village I live in, we've got an Italian family-run uh, business that do pizzas and, and pasta, and they're doing a roaring trade on takeaways. And then we have a more, a slightly more upmarket um, restaurant that I would call a, a special night going. You know, yeah. sort of, 
restaurant that you'd go to, they're doing a takeaway service as well. You know, when before those sort of restaurants didn't do that, you know, it wasn't wasn't there. Yeah. You know, they, they you go to there for the dining experience. Well, you know, we can't do that at the moment. So they've kept their chef on. Yeah. And and um, they're knocking out some super, superb food, you know, uh, and they're keeping someone employed. Yeah. And which is a, excellent. There's a pub in Dublin now that's got its own ice cream van delivering pints around the city. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's that's interesting. Doing the rounds, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was very good, yeah. Um, so that did that made me chuckle, and I thought, well, good on the fella, like, yeah. you know, who's who's doing that. You know, he's 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 shifting some stock. Yeah, I'm picking some of the cup race jacks in the future when they reopen. It won't be the same because that was always crowded, and how can I yeah. be the same again? They're gonna have to change how they operate as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. A lot of change ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, some some good, uh, yeah. some not so good, but uh, yeah, it, it, very interesting times. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about businesses being able to do a, a COVID nineteen response plan. I think that's going to be the most important thing they got to think about for the future. Yeah. So I think with the business continuity plan, um, the ones I used to work on now, this we're going back about ten years ago now. You know, they, they sort of were in light. They, they were in light, I think, with the 9-11 situation yeah. nearly 20 years ago, um, that suddenly, you know, two buildings were completely taken out. Several companies were completely taken out. You know, um, it was that planning of what, what happens if you can't get into your place of work. You know, how does business continue, literally, in, the, in its true sense of the, of the, of the phrase? Yeah. Um, and and I think, um, you know, with we didn't have the technology that we that we have now, and I, I think to to be able to make sort of working from home that much easier, and that much easier to communicate, and the fact that you don't need to go and meet that person for a coffee in Clontarf, and you're in in South Dublin, even though it's nice to go and say hello and sit outside, perhaps with a nice cup of coffee, that is lovely. But you know what? You don't have to do that. You can do it from home now. Yeah. So that's, you know, the number of things there. One, it's you're, you're more productive. Two, it's nicer to the environment. You're not driving, um, you know. And, and uh, yeah, that, I think that productivity side of it is you, you spend 15 minutes on the call with a cup of coffee with that person as opposed to an hour in the car there and back or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's, there are certain things that, that are, I, I think, are, are good things. Yeah, I think of, of less, for example, less stress because you're actually... Uh, you're traveling to and from. You're traveling to from work or meeting anymore. You're actually at home. Yeah. In a relaxed environment. Yes, exactly. So you know, you and then you're you're off that call and straight into something else as opposed to in the car or whatever. You know, I, I, I yeah, I, I can see good things. Um, but with, we've got a long way to go over the next couple of months. It'll be busy and it'll be frantic and and you know, many 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 of us are on this journey. Um, so we're not alone, you know, there are people you can put, can, can call on, there are supports out there, you know, I, I, I think, um, I think we'll come out, we'll come out of it okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's an awful lot of unemployed people out there at the moment. So, uh, that's my next, my next, uh, sort of strategic piece will be to offer, um, career transition programs. Um, I think, uh, you know, to, for, for people who've suddenly found themselves unemployed and, and maybe that they 
their skill set was for a certain industry, you know, we can we can upskill them into something else. And I think that's something that that would be a very good initiative and one that I'm looking forward to getting my <clears throat> my teeth into. But also just helping people. Yeah. Address this unemployment, you know, get them back in back in employment as quickly as possible. Because I know when we had the last session about ten or so years ago, I was let go from my last job because there wasn't the work wasn't there anymore. So when I got let go, I spent about six months to a year looking for for work. wasn't much there, and I went back to college and did a postgraduate diploma in cloud computing, and that got me more into an inter- entrepreneurial mind. And since that, I've been doing what I'm doing now. Because I've been doing and working a few startups, and then got into doing what I'm doing yes. now because it got me that. And if you go back and, as you yeah. said, uh, you reskill and, and career transition, you become more entrepreneurial. And the work will be there yes. because you're offering a service they don't already have or, or can do. Exactly. It, I mean, it, like you said, you know, it, it opened up a whole opportunity for you that you hadn't considered. You know, so it's, it's you know, I, uh, that sort of vocational learning and, and continuous training and, and, and what have you, I think, is, is, is great. But also that... Having an idea to do something that will, will create some, will open up an avenue for you that you didn't consider before is very important. And now's a great time to do it. Look, you know, if, you're, if you've got a bit more time on your hands, you know, there's, there's a lot out there that you, that might pique your interest, whether it's digital marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how, to, how, how do you get your HR function digitalized? You know, so many of us are still doing the, HR the old way, you know, yeah. collecting CVs. You know, these can be all done online now, and it's not the 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 applications that are available to you are not that expensive. You know, it's things like that that you can sharpen up in the in in your business day to day business process. Well, will make me, things a lot easier when we come yeah. back. Yeah. Well, when I left college in two thousand twelve, I was involved few startups. Didn't work out. I took time out. So what I'm going to do next? I then said, okay, I'll, I'm going to start doing a. Uh, a tech blog so I'll teach the subject no one else is doing that much security so I did that for a while yeah. then I got with Irish Tech News started writing then I got published in the journal I thought okay that's great got that done and then two years later I started doing podcasts never thought I'd be doing that two years later after that I then got published in Phoenix Magazine never thought I'd be doing that so every couple of years I'd be <laughs> reaching a milestone yeah. I never thought I'd actually be doing like I didn't think right now I'd be doing a podcast twenty twenty, or I'd be published in Phoenix, or I'd be a journalist. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, and yeah, it's funny how how our roles take a twist and a turn. Yeah, yeah but if for a good way, and there's people ago, like if I'd be doing this job. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 if you say you'll be you'll you'll be the head of an L and D function for uh, the Irish SME Association, I, I'd have laughed you out of town. Yeah, so it's just funny how things how things change. Yeah, yeah. And with me when I was doing this all the time, I was doing this doing that, and then I thought, okay, let's do blogging. Bloggers make money. Then I realised that when make money if you're doing a certain kind of blogging, and I thought what I'm doing doesn't make money. But I thought okay, so then I uh, pitched to uh, the journal that uh, story. A month later, go back to me, publish it. Then I realised okay, there's there's money in what I'm doing. If I'm writing, they're publishing it. It means I can make a living doing this. So then joined up with Irish Tech News, and then after a while with them, I got bored of interviewing somebody and transcribing it. I thought why well, don't do a podcast. So we started doing podcasts, yeah. and then since then, I got new opportunities, and all because uh, I've always realized that what I'm doing, I, I can do something better with it. And then when I was doing interviews, I thought, yep, yeah, do a podcast out of it. And then because I was doing so well, I found my biggest two right now is LinkedIn. Everything I'm doing at the moment, work wise, has been via LinkedIn. Yes. They've all come to me, which is nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very good. That's 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 a really good story to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's excellent. Anybody out there, make sure you've got your LinkedIn profile set up properly, and they, if you're offering the service and, and doing something very good, people will come to you. Like I've pitched, I think, but three four times in the past four years for work, and that's it. And out of those pitches, yeah, two of them I didn't get because uh, the job was already taken. I, I applied to lay, and two others, I actually got the work. So. It is. It is. It is possible. Yeah, it's good to, nice to know that works as well. Yeah, you know, it's good to hear that success story. Yeah, and Very I'm sure good. with your with, with some of the other people who are, who have created that scenario, you can uh, can easily use what skills you have, pick out what's your best skills, and then use them and pivot onto onto those skills and then sell it from there. It can work. That's it. That's it, and that's what we hope to help people do. Yeah. Um, is is if you know if people suddenly find themselves unemployed, you know, don't despair. You have a skill set, and but you can add to that skill set. Yeah, like you said earlier, but you know, add, sorry, go on, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like, like it, 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 it. Just if you look for the supports there, and it, and it's good to go to if you if, if you are worried and you're wondering sort of where to go. Quite often, it's good to go to. You know, at your industry, you might, you might have a consortium that you belong to, a network, a business network, or yeah. whether it's a representative body like ISME, you know, the supports are there right now and to help you do that. Yeah. And that's why I'm here. So I, I'm happy to hear from anyone who wants just to, to, to talk about that. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. But earlier you mentioned, you're right, it's good. Yeah, earlier you mentioned the webinars on uh, Excel. Now, I can invite somebody who's got yes. a, a lot of skills, but are not sure how to transfer to the digital world. So these kind of uh, webinars and stuff is helping them be able to think, yeah, I've got skills I can use. I can adapt to the modern world by, by doing uh, these webinars, etc. Yeah, I, I know. It, I, I just took a punt on Excel and I thought, you know, it's one of those skills that I think people know they should always brush up on. Yeah. But they don't have the time to. So we dipped our toe in the water. And we put we put Excel for beginners, which I usually shy away from because you can you can usually learn an awful lot from a YouTube video now. Yeah. But I thought, do you know what? We're in a different we're in extraordinary times. Let's put in Excel for beginners and Excel for in, intermediate Excel. We were inundated, yeah, absolutely inundated. So it just goes. To, I think that says an awful lot of what people are thinking right now. They want. I've been meaning to do this. Now's a good time, you know. And as I said, I think we had seventy or eighty people through. On, on those on those courses, we've just had to pull them because we're actually in a in a, an administrative nightmare. <laughs> we've, we've got we're sinking in in, uh, in admin. Yeah. So we will put those out again, but it won't won't be for 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 this month. We'll probably push those out to next month. But uh, you know that's that's been going very well. Um, and uh, a lot of the sort of digital marketing and the digital content webinars are doing very well as well. We're get we're getting scores of people. Um, uh, registering for those because I think it's again it's a skill that we you know we yeah we're on Twitter you know we do a little bit of digital marketing via Instagram and what have you we don't really do it properly so why not why not have a look at and try and upskill there you know there's, there's some some great help out there yeah I guess that's what you want and would you guys you actually you begin a post you know uh, what's good and what isn't good what works what doesn't work so you can sell to them and they're going to go, yes, please. Yes. Yeah. 
exactly. So we're trying to keep our finger on the pulse, which is a challenge, but you know, we think we're doing okay, but I'm always happy to hear from people to give me some ideas what what they think will, will, will fly, particularly that just addresses the the situation, the climate that we're in right now. That's the important thing. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to add to the podcast? Because you've offered quite a lot of information, which is very useful. Yeah, no, I can't really add any more, Ronan. I think I think we I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a dry throat now. Um, I, I've I've really enjoyed the, the the chat. I really enjoyed that. Um, <clears throat> right. Thanks very much, Adam, and have a great day. Take care. And you too. Thanks, Ronan. Thanks, you take Anna. care. Cheers now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.